What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Oh, baby, do we have a show for you today. Welcome to this edition of the Weekly Blitz. I'm your host, Joe Lisi. This is part of the Go for the Two Network. Today's show is sponsored by Jersey Pump. Are you a gladiator or a spectator? Step into the arena of life at Jersey Pump. Com. Is Mike Riley the coach to bring the Nebraska Cornhuskers back to dominance? Many fans are asking this question as the Cornhuskers prepare for the 2015 campaign. A lot of optimism. Bo Pelini out. Mike Riley in. The former Oregon State head coach. Can he bring it back to Lincoln, Nebraska is the main question fans want to know. Not going to be an easy job, but I'm going to be joined today by a very special guest. He's a two-time national champion with the Nebraska Cornhuskers from 94 to 95. Had an outstanding career from 1993 to 1996 with the Cornhuskers. Had seven career interceptions, one touchdown in his college career. Went on to become a second-round draft pick, 56th overall in the 1997 NFL draft. I'm talking about Mike Minner had an outstanding career in the NFL, 10 years all with the Carolina Panthers. He's going to be joining me today in a couple of minutes. Going to get Mike's opinion about his former alma mater, what he feels Mike Riley can do to bring the Cornhuskers back to dominance. We'll get his thoughts in a couple of seconds. Going to get him on the line right now. Mike, Joe Lisi, how are you? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you, man? I'm well, thanks for joining me today. Always a pleasure when we get the former Cornhuskers on the line. I, I just <laughs> want to thank you for taking the time out to join me today. You had an outstanding career, Mike, through from 1993 through 1996 in Lincoln. Seven career interceptions in your college career. One touchdown. Went on to become a second-round draft pick with the Carolina Panthers in the 1997 NFL Draft. 56th overall, just an outstanding career in the NFL, 782 combined tackles, 17 interceptions, 11 sacks, and four touchdowns in your amazing career. Talk to me about what it meant for you to play for Dr. Tom Osborne and former defensive coordinator Charlie McBride in your days in Lincoln. Well, you know what, um, man, it's, it's amazing when you sit there and think about who Coach Osborne is as a man, um, as a coach, um, just as a mentor. He meant so much to us um, as we went there. And so really taught me a lot of just about life. And, and um, you know, as you're going from 18 to 22, um, you, you you know, that's your that's your years to become a man. And, and he helped me um, do that. And so um, I, I say one of the greatest men I know, um, and um, the thing is that Coach Osborne was such a 
a, a great mind when it came to football. Um, he 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 understood the game. He made it very simple for us, and um, you know, just great great playing with him. You know, he 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 wasn't a guy that was going to give you one of these great motivational speeches, but I can tell you this is that you were ready to run through a wall for him just because of the energy he was giving off, um, you know, not necessarily through his words, but just in his presence. And um, Charlie McBride, you talk about defensive coordinator. <laughs> when you think of a defensive coordinator, when you think of a coach that coaches defense, all the characteristics that goes um, goes with that, Charlie McBride was all of those. <laughs> so, um, man, we had fun playing for um, Coach McBride, and he basically, he, look, we're we going to line up, we're gonna we're gonna pin our ears back and we're gonna go get the quarterback and and play man to man um, in the secondary. So had a lot of great time um, with those two um, coaches, man. I, I learned a lot. You talk about 1993, your freshman year. You come on to a team that was knocking at the door, so to speak. They played Florida State, pushed Florida State, and your head coach Bobby Down to the women almost won that ball game. Florida State did prevail, win the national championship. But there was a transition from 93 to 94, and I've talked to a number of your teammates uh, saying that Coach Osborne and the coaching staff changed things up a little bit in between those seasons. I've heard that, you know, uh, head coach – Tom Osborne went to strength and conditioning coach Boyd Eppley, changed the program around to really get you prepared for four quarters and a mindset overall that was really evident in that 1994 season. The way you wore down the Miami Hurricanes in that bowl game to win the national championship for me, we've never seen that before in terms of college football. To see the Miami Hurricanes wear down in the second half of that ball game. Give me your thoughts and feelings about from 93 through 94, the biggest change that your team made in winning the national championship. Well, I, I think it was, um, you hit it on the head. I think it was just mindset um, because we was training hard and we were doing the things because board Epley was, you know, he was the leader in strength and conditioning. He the one who created the whole thing. So he understood that part of the game. I think what, what it did for us when we lost to Florida State was it gave us confidence, right, that, man, we can play with anybody. I mean, this, was, this was supposed to be the best team in the country, and we should have won the game, right? So it, it's like, man, we ready. And so the whole offseason was about unfinished business. We had a minute and 16 left. When we lost the game, we was up, and with a minute and 16 um, to go in the game, they went down, they kicked the field goal, and then we went down and missed the field goal, and we lost. And so we put a minute and 16 on that clock, and so everything we did was around a minute and 16. And everything we did that was on our mind as we trained in the offseason, as we went through spring ball, as we went through the summer workouts, as we went through training camp, was we got unfinished business. And so the mindset is what changed. The 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 um, the focus is what changed. <laughs> and so when you so close to something, right, you then begin to put that 10x um, ten times more into what you're doing, right? 10x energy, uh, 10x more working out, uh, 10x more pushing each other, 10x more competing. And then when you do that, what happens is. is you get better. <laughs> not not only that, 
you push each other to get better, and, and then you you gain this confidence um, that we had um, that was beyond. And if you look at that '94 season, as you can remember, we went all the way down to our third quarterback, and because of the fact that we were so ready, and everybody that was on the football team was getting better because of how Coach Osborne practiced, then you see a team that won't quit, won't be denied, and then will wear you down in the fourth quarter if we have to to beat you, and that's that's the type of team we had in 94. It's incredible when you bring it up, Mike, because I think about your teammates, that dominant defensive fronts with the Peter brothers, guys like Mike Rucker, in the secondary guys such as yourself, Tyrone Williams, Michael Booker, just to name a few, and then just dominant, dominant offensive lines that ward down the opponent. I look at your teams and I, I see and I remember physicality on both sides of the ball. That's what signified black shirts football for me, Nebraska defense. You brought it each and every week in the Big A, and as you move to the Big 12 Conference in 1996. So, for me, I, I just see a, a dominant defense, physicality, and guys such as yourself really respected and admired the way you played the game. I want to get your thoughts about your relationship with your teammates. Uh, obviously, a very tight-knit group, but talk to me about those guys on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Talk about Heisman Trophy winner and candidate, you know, uh, Tommy Frazier, who was throughout the best, one of the best quarterbacks in college football. Talk to me about that. Like, what it brought and what it meant for you to play Cornhusker football? Well, you know what? Uh, as you can tell, anytime you have a championship football team, you, you're going to have trust. You know, trust is a big piece of that. Um, we trusted one another. Uh, we trusted the coaches. The coaches trusted us. And when you go when you go through a heartbreak like we did in 93, that's what it begins to build, this trust and and that's what we had. And, I mean, when the defense was on the field, the offense trusted that we were going to get the job done. When the offense was on the field, the defense trusted that the, that the offense was going to get it done. The coaches trusted in their plan, stuck to it, never changed, never wavered, regardless of who was playing. And, uh, and you know, that's what we had. The other thing that you have there, you have love, right? So, you know, I mean, we didn't always get along. <laughs> But we all loved each other, and um, and so when you have trust, when you have love, um, you have a, a bond that goes beyond just football, and that's what we had, and and um, and so uh, from all that, you know, you build respect for one another, and um, you know, our hardest games we always used to say was practice, because <laughs> our offense number one would go against the defense number ones, and 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 that was the hardest. Uh, you know, um, part of the of the whole week. And so when we got into a game with other people, it became uneasy. You know, we used to talk trash to the offense. The offense talked trash to us. We pushing each other. But, again, when you have trust, love, you build respect. And, and that's what we did. And, and when you um, build um, proper respect, then you build great com- competition. And uh, competition is going to breed great teams. And that's what happened. And, and so we were just so – fortunate to have so many like-minded guys that came in um, during that time frame of when we came in in the 90s. And, and, uh, and you know, when a young guy came in, like a Mike Rucker who came in um, after us, after it was, you know, developed, guess what? They, they jump in line and they get it and then they take it to the next level. And so 
um, that's what we had um, in Nebraska, man. We had a we had a unity. We had we had a, a, a family atmosphere, and uh, man, you know, some of the greatest guys I know, and, and man, I'm, I'm just excited to be part of. Um, really, I believe um, some of the most dominant football that was ever played by college teams. I agree with you. I, I look at that 95 season, Mike, and I don't think we've seen a season like that in college football where your teams dominated from start to finish. You look at the teams that you played, teams like Michigan State, teams like Arizona State at the early part of the season. You went up against some great quarterbacks, and not only in the big game, but overall throughout your career. You're talking about guys like Corey Detmer from Colorado, Tony Jones, who was a dual-threat quarterback with Oklahoma State, Jake Plummer at Arizona State, Tony Banks, I remember that game in Lincoln in 1996 where you took it to the house on the interception return first game of the year. You dominated them in 95 and 96. Just quality, quality victories from start to finish. Talk to me, though, about your career. What was the most memorable moment for you in a Cornhusker uniform? Oh, wow. I mean, when you you think about that, I had so many and and, and, you know, the, I, I guess the, the, the most memorable one, because in 94, I tore my ACL, um, so I didn't get to play in that national championship game. So I really wanted to get back to it um, to, to be able to participate in that. And so um, 95, when we when we came out to play Florida, and everybody was talking about the fun and gun and, and, and their speed and what they were going to do and all that, and, and we went out there and, and beat them down like, like, um, you know, there was a JV team. Um, when you look at that, the dominance of 95, the whole season, um, we, we, had a, we had a confidence um, about ourselves and a cockiness about ourselves that we knew that it wasn't any team in the country that could play with us. It, it didn't matter who it was. It, it, I mean, they would have to put an all-star team together. Um, I felt and we felt that can even compete um, and, you know, that year, I mean, I think our closest game was 14 points against Washington State. They came here and played some great defense and, and really played a great game. And, and you know, I mean, it, it, we still beat them 35-21. You know, and, and um, yeah, that was our closest game that year. And so that whole year of 95, the dominance of that, the greatest college football team to ever play, um, to be part of that is, is just unbelievable. And so that whole year is probably the most memorable. Um, the, the most, the, the, the saddest moment uh, was my senior year when we got beat by Texas, who we should have we, we killed. And the only reason why we did is the fact that we had 30 guys that were sick that week and had the flu. And, um, and so we had to overcome that. But, man, that was the, that was the saddest moment um, of my college career was when we got beat. Um, by a Texas team that, you know, we, we should have beat by uh, four touchdowns. You're talking about the Big 12 championship game with quarterback James Franklin, Priest Holmes on the Texas side, and then D'Angelo Evans broke out in that ball game, had an outstanding game for uh, the Cornhuskers. Dominant, dominant effort on his part, but couldn't get it done. You mentioned the guys were being sick, but uh, it's just incredible to me when you look at your body of work from the time that you were a freshman to the time you left as a senior, just incredible performances, dominating, and really, again, respect the way you play the game because you played it with physicality, you played it with intensity, and in today's game, especially at the collegiate level, 
I'm not so sure I see that physicality week in and week out on the defensive side of the ball. Do you agree with that, or do you feel like it's just a change in the way the game's being played now with the evolution of the spread offense? Absolutely. I mean, you 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 don't see – I mean, it's kind of like in basketball in the NBA Finals right now, right? So um, you, you don't see the physicality that was going on in the 80s and the 90s, early 90s, you know, when – when Jordan was getting beat up by the Pistons and when the Lakers against the Celtics. And then, you know, it was a war, right? It's a physical game. And it's the same way now in football. Um, you don't have the physicality that, that we came up under. And, and you know, that's part of part of that is the rules change, right? Part of that is us getting uh, more educated about um, the game itself and, and uh, taking care of players. And so, um, you know, so technology and, and, and the medical, um, 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 you know, things that we came up with, you know, so, so with all that, it kind of takes away from the physical part of the game. And, and you know, guys got to change the way they attack, uh, you know, people from a defensive standpoint. Uh, but you know what? When, when we was coming through, it was, it, it was truly um, a jungle. And, uh, and so you had to be physical. You know, that was part of, of being on defense, man. Your job is to intimidate the offense. Don't want them, you know, um, to run the football. You don't want them to try to come over the middle and catch the football. Um, we, we wanted everybody to understand that when you played a Nebraska defense or even when I was at the Panthers defense, you're going to get hit. It's going to be a physical, tough game. Get ready, buckle up, because that's how the game is supposed to be played. And so – um, man, I enjoyed all that. I agree with you. And, again, that's, to me, what college football is all about, the rivalries, the intensity, week in and week out. And I agree with you. You can look at the last few national championships. You look at teams like Oregon, great success on the offensive side of the ball. But when, in fact, they face physical defensive fronts, they struggle. Teams with physical defensive linemen that can disrupt the timing of that offense and push those offensive linemen back into the running lanes and open up those lanes for those linebackers to fill holes that's to me the recipe to beating these teams with the spread still i still think defense rules as long as you have a solid rushing attack and can have defensive linemen that can get uh, in the backfield and penetrate you'll have success in college and pro football today i want to get your thoughts quickly about mike riley as head coach i interviewed a number of former Cornhuskers guys like roger craig a three-time Super Bowl champion, I asked him about his thoughts about Mike Riley. The one thing that he mentioned to me, which I'm shocking about, is sh- I'm shocked about, is that he told me that Mike Riley wrote him a personal letter inviting him back to the program, inviting him back to practices. And I asked Roger, did former co- head coach Bo Pelini do that? He said no. He sort of shied, shied away from having the former alumni, alumni around the program, guys such as Roger Craig, guys such as yourself, and guys like Tommy Frazier. I'm sort of shocked by that. Do you feel like Mike Riley's the guy to bring dominance back to Lincoln? Well, you know what? Um, we hope so. <laughs> you know, we're going to put all our faith and we're going to get behind um, Coach Riley and, um, and 110%, you know, because that's what we do. And um, him reaching out to, to ex-players and former players to, to come back and be part of that, I mean, that's smart, right? So, first of all, it shows how 
confident he is in his leadership. You know, he feels like he, he's strong enough to be able to have us around the program and not mess with what he wants to do as a head coach. And so to me, it always shows confidence when a, when a coach embraces the history. When you don't embrace the history, all right, well, then I'm worried about do you really have the confidence in yourself and in your plan to embrace the history but build on the history, right? So when I don't embrace right. it, then what I'm doing is I want to put it aside because I don't want to be compared to it. <laughs> but when you embrace it, then you're confident that I want to be compared to it because I'm going to build off of that and then make it to where we need to make it. And so um, that's what it shows me with Coach Riley right now, then, is that if he embraces the history, then he's, he's, he's confident in his plan to build on that history. And that's a big history to build on, but it's the right way to do. No different than when Jim Harbaugh went to Michigan. What did he do? Ah, I'm bringing back everything that Michigan used to do. I'm bringing back the tradition because I want to build off of it. I'm confident in where we're going. And that's what we got to have at Nebraska. And I think that's what, uh, you know, Coach Riley is doing when he's inviting players back in the traditional um, guys and the tradition that we built. And, and um, you know, that's, what, that's what's needed. You know, it's hard to go to a place like that and not embrace the history. Great point, because I, I feel like Bo Pelini, I'm shocked that Bo Pelini came to Nebraska. He was the former uh, interim head coach in the bowl game in 2003 where he dismantled Michigan State, was there previously, but then came back after winning the national championship with the LSU Tigers and was a defensive-minded head coach. Ironically, it was the offense that seemed to take strides and the defense take a step back during his tenure. Uh, you look at this defense overall last year, to surrender 177 rushing yards per game is mind-boggling when you think of his resume as a defensive-minded head coach, that's the one thing that stands out for me in Bo Pelini's tenure, that he couldn't be top 25 competition. And on, on, on top of that, the defense was not what it was in years past. What do you feel is the biggest thing they have to do just from a mindset to turn it around defensively? Well, I think, uh, again, you got to understand where we come from. You got to understand what we state, you know, what Nebraska black shirt stands for. Well, what, is, what did Coach Raleigh do? The first thing he did was invited Charlie McBride back. Okay, put him in a room. Tell me what the black shirt is all about. Give me an education of what we need to do from a practice standpoint to develop that type of intensity again. See, so again, <laughs> reaching back in the past to understand it to then build up on it. And, um, and so I think um, he's doing the right stuff as far as finding out what the black shirt is all about. Now it's just about going to get those guys, come down to recruiting, come down to go get the dudes that understand how to play physical defense. We're going to fly around, we're going to be disciplined, and we're going to be smart and tough. And that's what we're going to do. And so, um, that, that you know, once you, in anything in life, if you – give a clear and concise vision, people can follow that. People can get on to that. And I think that's what Coach Riley going to do with defense because that's what it's all about is a clear, concise vision. 
Great point, Mike. You, you went on after Nebraska. You become a, a, a second-round draft pick, 56 overall in the 1997 draft by the Carolina Panthers. An amazing 10-year career, all with Carolina. Unbelievable when you think about free agency as a whole and the switching back and forth of teams. You played your whole career with the Carolina Panthers, 782 total tackles, 17 interceptions, four touchdowns, 11 sacks. You were a do-it-all safety for the Panthers, what was the biggest thing you had to learn as a football player from the time you left Nebraska to the time you made it in the NFL? Well, first of all, the NFL is a business. I think that's the first thing that that guys got to understand um, is that um, you're a corporation now. You um, you no longer um, in college. Um, you no longer um, you know um, trying to build and understand and learn now. You got to understand that you're you're a corporation, and 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 as you come in, uh, that's what the NFL is all about. Uh, and so that that was the biggest thing is that. And the other thing is you don't have a whole lot of time on your hands because now you don't have to go to class. You don't have to, um, you know, do all the things that you had in, in college. Now it's it's uh, you know football twenty four seven, and then in the off season, um, you got to train and keep your body right. So. Um, how do you manage your time? I think that's very, very important, too. A lot of people talk about, you know, managing money, but I think if you manage your time, um, that helps you manage your money <laughs> because you're not bored and you have a purpose. And so, um, you know, I think um, those are the things that I've learned from, from the time that I got in uh, to the time I left is that, you know, um, be ready. Uh, continue to build your business mind because the most successful guys are the guys who understand how to take care of their business, and and that's your body, that's your mind, um, and if you take care of that, then the National Football League will take care of you. You did a great job because you had a team record, 141 consecutive starts for the team. So just an outstanding career in Carolina. Amazing what you were able to do in terms of your NFL career. You did play in the Super Bowl in 2003, almost pulled it out. Jake DeLome and your offensive teammates with a great performance. Your defense shut down Tom Brady and the offense much of the way. Second half, some fireworks. You almost pulled that game out. But now looking at, at the body of work, over the years and hearing some of the criticism about the flake game, do you have any personal opinions playing on the defensive side of the ball facing a great quarterback in Tom Brady? Any thoughts about what recently transpired with his four-game suspension? Well, let me say this, and I've said this many a time. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback since Joe Montana, period. I mean, you know, I don't care if he's playing with flat balls or, or – uh, Balls is overinflated. I mean, this guy can play the game of football. He's smart. He's intelligent with what he does. He 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 plans. He he is playing chess while other people playing checkers. Uh, this guy is one of a kind. And and so the the thing that he had that most other great quarterbacks don't have, other than I believe Joe Montana is he wasn't scared of nothing. So, you know, you couldn't punk him out. You couldn't make him scared from a defensive standpoint. And that's what the defense have to uh, ride on. I've got to bring some type of fear into the game and to the hearts of the people I'm playing. And if I can't do that, then that, that, that hurts us a little bit from a defensive standpoint. And so, um, you know, you couldn't do that to Tom Brady. 
and you know he 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 was he is the best quarterback in the game today. Um, I know a lot of people talked about it a couple years ago. You know, is it Peyton Manning? Is it him? Man, it, it, it's him all the way. I know Peyton throws up some great numbers, but at the end of the day, Tom Brady, he knows how to win. He's a competitor. And, you know, flat balls, no flat balls, videotapes or no videotapes. <laughs> this man can play the game of football, man. And, and that, you know, when we get out on that field, none of that stuff um, is going to help uh, or hurt um, the defense. I mean, we got to still cover. We got to still make the plays. He still got to do what he's doing, and um, and he's able to do it at a high level. So, um, you know, I got all the utmost respect for my man Tom Brady. Um, even though he beat us in the Super Bowl, um, I still <laughs> believe that, that he's the best quarterback, man. So, um, you know, it, it, I, I had a great time um, in the National Football League against a lot of great people, a lot of great players throughout the years of my 10 years, and, and um, you know, so – you know, I, I got to see a lot, and, and uh, you know, the New England Patriots, um, they do it right. Great points all around, and I love to hear your insight because I really think you are a role model for younger and older athletes alike Well, what you were able to do in college, the NFL, and now what you're doing now. You had a brief stint at Liberty University with former uh, Nebraska quarterback Turner Gill, who's still there. You took over a program in the FCS named Campbell University. You're showing progression, Mike, 8-16 and 16 overall. First year was 3-9. and nine. Second year, five and seven. What does 2015 hold for Campbell University? And talk to me about the program overall and what you're doing uh, to bring that program back to dominance. Well, you know what? Um, when I took over this program, um, they was dead last in Division One football. I believe there's 320 something Division One football teams out there. Um, when you count FBS and FCS together. Um, and we was dead last. And so, you know, to come into a situation like that, um, you know, you, you have to have um, a big vision. You got to have a clear vision, and, and that's what we had. And, and, and our vision was simple. Um, we we want to be a powerhouse FCS um, Division One football program. Um, that That's our vision. That was my vision when I stepped into the place. Um, you know, 2015, um, we, we should have seen some fruits. Of our late, um, I think we got a really, really deep football team, um, and uh, we, we we're gonna be really good. We got a quarterback that transferred in from from Appalachian State, a bigger program. Um, you know, he started there, he graduated, he wanted to play one more year, um, and um, you know, I convinced them to come play that one more year with me. And um, so, so we got two, we got three defensive guys right now. That, that are on uh, the NFL watch list as far as possible guys that can get drafted from the FCS level. Um, we got three of those guys. All three, uh, you know, two of those guys were transfers in too. One was defensive tackle uh, from App State, another defensive end from Townsend. Um, and so, and then the cornerback, he was already there. And so my, my thing is, is that uh, what I want to build is a program that uh, we're going to help you grow. Uh, we're going to help you get to where you need to get to as a person, uh, but also we're going to help you get to where you want to get to as a player. Um, and, and you're going to get the opportunity to go to that next level. And I told people when I got the job that we will send um, guys from Campbell University to the National Football League. 
and everybody looked at me like I was crazy. And now three years later, we got three guys on that list uh, that the NFL is watching. And so, you know, that, that's what our program is about. It's, a, it's about developing leaders on and off the football field because at the end of the day, you're going to have to hang up and cleats sometime. Maybe it's after college. Uh, maybe it's after the National Football League. But you're going to be a young man when you do it. You're going to be in your 30s. And so you're going to have to have principles and you're going to have to have a process that you can depend upon after football. And that's what we teach at Campbell University. And um, that's why I think we're going to be successful as a as a program. And, and um, you know, I look for us to, to uh, be very, very uh, right in the mix of winning our country unheard of. Uh, going from a um, you know a team that was um, dead last and, and, and to a team that's going into the playoffs, being one of the top 24 teams in FCS, and uh, that's our that's our vision, that's our goal, and I think that's what will ha- that's what will happen um, in 2015. Well, when you look at the program overall, Mike, I mean, you're doing a fantastic job. They entered FCS in 2008 on an overall record of 22-57, and 57, but you look at what you were able to do in your two years there. Like I said, 3-9 and nine your first year, but last year 5-7, and 4-4 four and four in the conference, which is a, a great accomplishment when you think about it, and you have an opportunity to really put your mark and stamp on this program because it is a new program, and to have a guy such as yourself, a role model, who's done it at the collegiate level and a Super Bowl uh, champion, I want to say, because you did make it to the Super Bowl and play uh, your whole career, a 10-year career in the NFL. You really have an opportunity to make your mark on this program and really uh, dominate the conference in years to come. So I I think you're really a testament to athletes uh, of all ages, people of all ages, and really admire the work that you're doing. I know you do a lot of motivational speaking. You mentor a lot of people. I just uh, really think that people like yourself need to be uh, really uh, interviewed more because, honestly, so much the media concentrates so much on the negative all the time that not enough is done on the positive and athletes such as yourself giving back to to athletes within your communities. Absolutely, man. I I appreciate that. And, um, you know, I always, I got one saying that I say to everybody is that God don't give you stuff for yourself. He give it to you so you can give back to his people. And uh, and that's that's how I live my life. And and, and so that that's why I'm coaching, is it, to give back. Um, and it's to give back all the knowledge that, that God has been able to give to me through people like Coach Osborne, through people like Coach Fox and, um, you know, Charlie McBride and, and, um, you know, Jack Del Rio and, and all these, you know, great minds that I've been around as far as football. And, and then, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Richardson, uh, I, I believe one of the greatest owners in the game. Um, you know, all, all these people um, that I've been around give me a lot. So it's time for me to give back um, to not only young champions as far as college athletes, but but all of God's people, man, that's out there. And so I appreciate the opportunity to be able to come here and, you know, share to share my thoughts and my heart about, you know, where I've been and, and, and where I'm going and why and why I'm here. 
It's great, great story, Mike. I would love to come to watch a game. I make some road trips throughout the year. I visit Coach Bowden up at Akron University a couple of times a year. I'd love to come to North Carolina and watch your team play one day, uh, get get a look from the sidelines and, and meet you in person because, again, I want to thank you for taking the time out to talk to me today about your outstanding career in Nebraska and Carolina and to hear what you're doing at Campbell University. Again, just a true testament uh, to, to athletes of all ages to to follow you and and see what you're doing with a great program in Campbell. I appreciate it, and you're welcome anytime, Joe. Just, just let me know. We'll make it happen. I appreciate it, Mike. Thanks so much for joining me. You're always welcome on the show. I wish you the best 2015 season. I know you're going to bring that team to the playoffs. That was former standout for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. That was Mike Minner. Uh, again, I got a little tongue-tied there for just talking to him because he is a testament to athletes of all ages. What he was able to do in Lincoln, be the quarterback of that defense, what he was able to do in Carolina in terms of playing all 10 seasons in the NFL with the Carolina Panthers, when you think about free agency and you think about players moving on and jumping teams to play all 10 seasons, it's incredible. With the Carolina Panthers, a role model, a guy that brought it each and every week, I'm telling you, watch his game film in Nebraska. This, this guy sacrificed his body just to make plays, and that's what defense is. It's bringing a physicality and intensity level, bringing it each and every week on the football field. If you don't have that type of mentality, you should not be playing defense. I'm sorry. We see way too many players – they don't wrap up. They hit with their shoulders. They arm tackle. Watch Nebraska football from 1994 and 1995. You want to talk about defense. You want to talk about an intensity level. I haven't seen it week in and week out in college football yet. There's not one dominant defense consistently that dominated the way Nebraska did on the defensive side of the ball from 1994 through 1995 all the way through the early 2000s. You talk about physicality on the defensive side of the ball. That's what you think of. You think of a mindset. And that's something that Mike Riley and that coaching staff are going to have to get back to is can they bring the physicality back? Because when you watch these big 12 teams that love to chuck it around the field, as soon as they get a punch in the mouth a little bit, they back off. Look at Baylor. They thought they had the game won against Michigan State. The Spartans fought and fought and fought. And what were they? They were a blue-collar team emulated sort of in the same mold of Nebraska. Didn't have, they had a solid quarterback, dropback quarterback in Connor Cook, Jeremy Langford, solid offense and defensive lines, but a blue-collar mentality. And they kept coming, and they kept coming, and they kept coming until finally they had the game won. They never gave up. You look at Oklahoma. Everybody's talking about Bob Stoops. Bob Stoops did not beat a top 25 team last year. Bob Stoops' defense, that secondary, entering the Clemson game, was allowing 275 passing yards per game. This was defensive-minded Bob Stoops. You win the games you're supposed to, and when you step up in competition, you don't get it done. That's not not being a dominant football team. I don't care if you won eight games. 
do you have physicality on the defensive side of the ball? That's the question. Because if you don't, you're not going to win the national championship. Look at the teams that were in the playoff last year. The best defense at the end of the season was Ohio State out of those four defenses. Oregon, Florida State, and Alabama. Alabama was minus in turnover margin for the year. Florida State was minus in turnover margin for the year. Oregon was plus turnover margin in the year. Had one of the best turnover margins in the country. Won the turnover battle against Ohio State, but wasn't physical on the defensive front to stuff the run. And that's why Ohio State was able to prevail. They ran the football down your throat. And I'll say it again, as long as you have an offense and defensive line that's physical and is not afraid of their opponent, not, not before they step on the football field, is not going to be intimidated, that team is, is probably going to be a very successful team for the most part. Now, you need other factors to play in, quarterback play, running back, wide receiver, defense, penalties. But as long as you have a solid core on the offensive-defensive lines, that's what will make your team, especially in college football. And you can go, Mike Minner's one, I'm telling you, one of the best safeties that I've watched play the game, the quarterback of that Nebraska defense in 1995. 1996, outstanding season. He was the quarterback. He picked off Tony Banks, first game of the year, took it to the house. Cedric Irvin, Gary Scott, just a dominant, dominant player. Respect the way he plays the game and what he signifies. He's giving back. He's coaching. He's mentoring. That's what it is. That's what it's all about. He's a role model. He goes on motivational speaking tours, worked his way, came back from injury, came back from injury in college with an ACL injury, came back from injury in the pros. This is a guy that has tremendous work ethic and a guy that is not afraid to lay it all on the line. And that's what he's doing with Campbell University. And mark my words, we're in the offseason now. Campbell University in a couple of years will be a player in the FCS conference because he's showing progression already. Unbelievable what he's doing. First year, three and nine. Second year, five and seven. He's even in the conference. They just started playing one double-A football in 2008. Overall, 22 and 57 as a program. Mike Miller has eight of those victories in two seasons as head coach. Unbelievable. I want to thank you for joining me today. We have a great, great lineup of guests all week long. It's going to be an amazing week of the Weekly Blitz. Stay with me. You can catch the show on iTunes. Go to GoForTheTwo.com. We have an amazing, amazing lineup of guests. I'm telling you, big big players that, that were standouts for their respective universities. We're going to get to break down their thoughts and op- opinions about their alma mater. So stay with us all season long on the Weekly Blitz. Have a great week, everyone.
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.